over the course of human history. There's been Noah's Ark, savior of mankind. St. Francis of Assisi, foregoing his wealth to be savior of all animals. And Curtis Sliwa, guardian angel and savior of New York City, protecting both man and beast. The Curtis Sliwa Show presents Curtis's Ark with Nancy Sliwa. From bipeds to quadrupeds and everything in between. Now, with Nancy Sliwa, here's Curtis Sliwa. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, even though for some of you it's torrential downpours out there, it's like a tsunami, a typhoon. As I left uh, the apartment uh, that I share with my wife, Nancy, on the Upper West Side earlier this evening to make it here to do a lot of show prep, I left the the many rescue cats behind, and I got drenched, Nancy. The (laughs) downpour was huge. I don't know. I I noticed that, and, you know, unfortunately, you picked, like, the wrong couple seconds to run out the door, so... Yeah, well, once I was out the door, I got drenched from the tip of my nose to the tip of my toes, but it did not stop me from learning about a state of emergency that is going to require us responding. Breaking news here, Nancy. Breaking news, WABC. The town of Mamaroneck, which is right on the Long Island Sound in Westchester, a very affluent area. You have Mamaroneck, you have Larchmont, you have Scarsdale, you have Armonk, and uh, further uh, to the uh, south you have uh, Chappaqua, the whitest suburb in America where even the lawn jockeys are white. Mamaroneck, Nancy, has declared a state of emergency, not because of flooding. I thought it was maybe because of hail, flooding, winds, trees downed. Uh, Railroad lines being blocked, you know, Metro North. The state of emergency has been called due to rat infestation. The rats are everywhere. And the county executive, George Latimer, who knows nothing about nothing other than to accept more illegal aliens from New York City, has decided that people are going to have to not go out into the streets on certain hours. There are so many rats that are dug into the dirt burrows, the sides of hills. And uh, you know what this is going to require, us going to White Plains and explaining to him there is an answer. Could you please uh, preemptively explain to our fellow listeners in Mamaroneck what we could do for them through the Guardian Angel Animal Protection Division? Uh, Well, yeah, so certainly... Not going out at nighttime isn't going to change the population. So, uh, yeah. So for for whatever reason that the the infestation is occurring, you know, you you want to counterbalance it in the most natural way, which would be cat colonies. Uh, you know, obviously that works throughout the world, throughout time. I think you need to start, you know, making sure you have cat colonies there. Well, Kevin Drosh. Our nighttime producer, weekend producer, is from Amaranac, and he got the warning on his cell phone. It was legit. I thought he was joking at first. It was legit. He can't go there tonight because of the rat infestation. So I'm going to suggest to the mayor of Mamaranac, 
Yeah, I always uh, end up biting my lip on that. Uh, which is on the Long Island Sound. They can just look across there and they can see Long Island. That he go to the shelters in New York City. There are three of them. And take all the feral cats that are there that are going to be slated to be euthanized. And then we'll help them set up the cat colony so we'll achieve two goals. We'll save the feral cats who will get euthanized because they can't be adopted uh, and stay indoors. Uh, You can set up the cat colonies. I'm sure they'll have some volunteers up there. They tend normally to be women, but sometimes men. And that'll get that rat problem under control without uh, using other rat mitigation techniques like poisons and everything that will probably do damage to other animals, sometimes to children, poison the air, poison the water. So uh, can I uh, can I make that commitment to the mayor of Manaranac and to uh, the county executive of Westchester, George Latimer in White Plains? Yeah, I mean, I, I am absolutely on board with assisting in that effort. And um, my feeling is there's probably a decent population of um, feral cats that already exist in that area that haven't been cared for appropriately in the right way that really could have harnessed, you know, sort of and sort of taken care of the situation to begin with. So. At a minimum, they need to be educated on what to be done, or they need um, a little bit more advocacy on, on what needs to be done. Well, let's uh, take a trip up to Maranac. So the Kevin Droshaw, weekend producer, can actually end up going home. But apparently there are quite a few people who have been told you can't, you can't go out at night now because the rats are everywhere. So let's put that aside. We're going to deal with that, and we'll keep our... Uh, massive audience, which is the largest uh, of the listeners that I have all weekend long, where WABC stands for Always Broadcasting, Curtis. But this particular news story we've been talking about for a long time because we don't refer to uh, animals uh, as if they are uh, not human and not members of the family. And apparently most Americans, Nancy, agree with us. 97% 97% of pet owners say their animals are part of their family. 97%. Yeah, so, yeah, so exactly. Obviously, that I, I think that pretty much mimics what most people would, you know, say that is their sentiment to begin with. I'm sure most people agree that that's what's going on. But what's even more curious is that 51% consider them as important as their human relations. So this goes like beyond, oh, you're part of the family. It's like I consider you maybe more important than an actual family member. That's 51%. <laughs> so that's, I think that's a little bit more of a telling element of uh, this uh, study that was done. No, that's a phenomenal percentage. I just want to ask, what about the other 3%? Do they not consider them members of their family? They're in their home or their place of business? Well, you know what I mean? I, I certainly think there's people who probably don't have that same um, sentiment, uh, level of attachment. Maybe they'll think of, like, for example, like a dog, they'll think, oh, it's security. So there's a level of uh, disassociation. So maybe that accounts for the 3%. But you know even with those folks that 3%, I'll bet you quantitatively analytically they end up spending more time with the animals than they do their own family members, probably have more conversations with them too. 
I mean, yeah, I'm sure that's I'm sure that's true. <laughs> Our number is one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. That's one eight hundred eight four eight WABC. This is the Animal Welfare Edition, exclusive to WABC. This is um, a really amazing story of bravery, uh, Monday through Friday, when Rita Cosby is on right before Dominic Conner at 12. Rita's on 10 to 12. She she does uh, different segments of the show to recognize police who have done heroic things uh, in the line of duty. This police dog survived being stabbed 12 times. That's incredible. Could you give us the background? Where did it happen? And, and, and how did this police dog get involved to the point where it was being stabbed so many times? Yeah, so this is a, a Troy Police Department, and the dog's name is Norby. And so uh, this was when the, uh, the police were pursuing a suspect um, who had uh, been breaking into homes. So, you know, they finally had... Uh, tracked this person down, and as you know, the the dog ran ahead. Norby ran ahead, and as they were trying to, you know, as it, it, they were trying to subdue him, he got stabbed. The dog twelve times. Thankfully, he survived, and he's expected to return to work. <laughs> so he's a real trooper, this dog. But you know, again, there are these animals who are involved in the police department. And they do so much, and they really do put their lives on the line. But, again, this dog was stabbed 12 times. So it's like, you know, what a hero. What a hero. So this is up in Capital Land, York. Uh, I've spent time there. In fact, uh, you have uh, in Albany, you have Arbor Hill, the south end. Those are crime-ridden areas. Hamilton Hill in Schenectady, right next to the casino there near the Amtrak tracks. And then... You have South York, and South York, when I first went there, Nancy, I thought, ah, a bunch of white hillbillies here. No. <laughs> as rough as any inner-city area, they got headquarters for the Hells Angels there. They got meth labs. They got people doing home invasions uh, all the time. So I think on behalf of our Animal Welfare Hour here, we are saluting Norby and the members uh, of the... Um, uh, Troy Police Department, uh, to salute them for not only utilizing the dog but taking good care of him. And, by the way, he's not gold-bricking. He's not looking to go to some sanctuary in uh, Florida. He's coming back to on duty. Yeah, exactly. No vacation time. <laughs> Ready to come back. But now this is a bad story that affects the police department. Uh, can you explain this campaign? It's been all over the TV uh, news stories Justice for Dixie, there's a petition demanding that a cop be fired for doing what? Uh, yeah, so it, I mean, this is uh, in, in Ohio, and uh, the, the cop had arrived at uh, a home on a call, and golden retrievers uh, were, you know, running up to the car. And, you know, I guess the, the cop was a little thrown off. So, but what happened was he got so nervous supposedly, that he shot the dog. Now, but, so again, obviously this was, you know, really traumatic because, you know, you, you're calling the the officers for one reason and this sort of comes out of nowhere, but there was um, body cam footage released of it, you know, and it, it showed the entire sequence of events. And unfortunately, as the dog was trying to leave 
after it got shot when, you know, it, it clearly wasn't trying to attack, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. It was actually trying to leave, and it was running across the street, like, injured, and it continued to get shot. So this is where the outrage happened, where they're trying to demand this officer, you know, be taken off duty. And this is Lorraine, Ohio, right outside of Cleveland. We have guardian angels there. And uh, I asked them about that, and they said, oh, yeah, this was a bad shooting. Then I saw the video myself. You, you've had golden retrievers. I've seen golden retrievers. They're very playful. So they, they were running around, playing around. They came up to the cop, and then the, the dog was running away from the cop because he drew down on the dog. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think really that's that's wherein lies the issue. So it's like if you wanted to make some argument like, oh, maybe, I mean, obviously you don't want someone's nervous about a dog running up to them, but the idea that the dog, once it was initially shot, is running away and you're still continuing to shoot it, uh-huh. that probably shows this isn't someone who should be be trusted with this type of a weapon. No, and a Lorraine Police Department will not respond. The community is in a rage. We're not talking about Black Lives Matter here. We're not talking about Antifa. We're not talking about no justice, no peace. It's an integrated neighborhood. I've been there before. I recognize the area. These people just don't want this cop uh, in the police department anymore. They don't want him to be arrested, but they when you look at this video, and I would suggest to everybody, you look at the story. It was in the New York Post. Kim, is it justice for Dixie? There's a petition demanding that the city of Lorraine, outside of Cleveland, fire the cop who killed the golden retriever. There's no doubt in my mind. This dog had no intention of harming this cop, was running away from the cop. And the cop just beat it down on this cop and just kept just unloaded his gun into him. It's a horror. And the dog, you look at the dog, and the dog was just looking up like, how? How could this happen? And the other dogs were, like, looking at their fellow golden retriever. And imagine the police department doesn't even want to address this. They think this is just going to go away. They don't understand that when when animals are killed uh, for the wrong reasons, that a lot of times people take that more seriously than even when people are killed for the wrong reasons. I mean, and again, it it shows a basic lack of training or, you know, a level of perception on behalf of the Ohio PD to recognize that this guy shouldn't be out there because if you're getting nervous from a dog, I mean, again, unless you've not been in society whatsoever, I mean, you know what a dog running around playfully looks like. It didn't seem in attack mode, so this person maybe, you know, wasn't vetted correctly. Let's put it that way. Especially golden retrievers. I mean, I never had a golden retriever growing up. I had shepherds. uh, uh, But still, I'd always, whenever I come across a a golden retriever, they just want to play with you. Yeah, I had a, a Labrador retriever, and they're super, super friendly. Oh, and they were. Oh, this video. But ladies and gentlemen, you have to see it. you got to sign the petition. You have to help the community get that police officer off the force. It's just like criminals. You know, when they abuse animals, they start abusing animals. Eventually, well, yeah, they abuse people. Also, yeah, I mean, and plus, it's also you've already been given an indicator that this person you know, when it's a go-to situation, can't be trusted, you know, because this is their how they deal with it. So why wait 
okay, you just pull a person right now. Why keep them on the job? That's not that's not really being smart if you were to do that. you got to take them out. Well, he could get a job. The Cleveland Guardian Angels are telling me United States Postal Service can't get people to deliver the mail in East Cleveland. And it's not because they're getting robbed by people. It's because of the Rottweilers and the pit bulls that they have to get through in order to deliver the mail. So that might be uh, uh, sort of a good recourse for him to realize what uh, what dogs might be of danger to him and what dogs are not. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And then this was a case, uh, Nancy, that we were involved with in Richmond Hill. Uh, our guardian angel, Zeke, had lived there for many, many years. had gone to Richmond Hill High School. Phil Rizzuto had gone to Richmond Hill High School. It's a big Sikh community there. A lot of folks from Guyana there along Linden Boulevard and a lot of older people uh, who have not fled the area. And one of them was a 92-year-old woman who would go out to collect cans and bottles with the idea that when she brought them in for reimbursement, a nickel a can, a nickel a bottle, she would then buy cat food and feed the feral cats out there, which helped keep the rat problem down, which has always been a problem in Richmond Hill. And then this uh, individual who had attacked his own father and was released went out, stalked her, uh, sexually assaulted her, I think, and killed her. Am I correct on that? Yeah, exactly. That's correct. So, um, so Maria Fuentes, um, you know, uh, 92 years old, and you know, as you mentioned, the particulars of the the incident are really horrific. Um, you know, she's out early in the morning, uh, you know, collecting cans, and she was known as like the neighborhood cat lady. So there's all these. You know, so again, this is something that motivates her, and obviously she's helping the neighborhood. She's doing something great. 92 years old to be out in the morning is, like, incredible. So, and, and uh, you know, unfortunately now she ran into this misfit of society, and, you know, after all these years now he's being sentenced, um, you know, and he's trying to say, oh, I... I was, um, you know, I, I said I was guilty. I really wasn't. I was told I was only going to get 11 years if I said I was guilty. So he's trying to back out of his responsibility. But thankfully, the judge in that case said a great line, which I, I think more need to, which is said, you forfeited your right to walk around with law-abiding citizens. And that's just it. That That's as plain and simple as it gets. I mean, no one should have to worry that when they're walking around their neighborhood, they would have to encounter something like this. So and, again, and, and again, it's exactly what's happening all over uh, our city. He assaulted his own father. Yeah. His father had him arrested. He was a danger to his father, and they released him. And so then, uh, after a few days, he started stalking this 92-year-old woman, following her, watching what she was doing, as you pointed out collecting cans that she could get a nickel for reimbursement to then buy cat food for the many feral cats that she was caring for. In fact, our very dear friends Rob Becerra and Grace Navarro knew her personally and knew of other women who did exactly what she did in that area. And now to see that this guy is going to be put put away pretty much for life, but it needn't have gotten to that position. 
we're just making the same mistakes over and over. These people are giving us every signal in the world that they're an enemy of society. Imagine to assault your own father, to try to kill your own father, and then they release you into the streets. Well, of course, you're thinking, my God, I almost killed my dad, and they released me. I'm like an untouchable. Yeah, I mean, and again, if you don't want to double down on punishment of people because you think, oh, it's wrong to punish, yeah, that's great. But clearly there's something wrong with this person. So you need to, at a minimum, acknowledge you need to remove them from the rest of normal society until you figure out what's going on with them because they're otherwise they could potentially be doing this. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Here's a good story about law enforcement. I don't know if you're aware, Nancy, when uh, the Sliwas came from Poland and settled in Chicago, a lot of them went up to Wisconsin and became dairy farmers. No, I did not. Yeah, they had dairy farms up there. And apparently somewhere north, I guess near Appleton, a sheriff uh, came across a barn that was on fire that was filled with cows. And he saved them. He risked his life to go in there and save and release them. Could you give us the details on that? Okay, so most importantly, his name, Andrew Kreb. So he was um, basically at the end of his overnight shift, and he saw that there was smoke, um, you know, coming from a barn. So he ran toward the place. You know, he realized that, uh, you know, he heard the mooing cows, you know, their sort of distress signal, and he ran there. Now, he has his body cam on, so you can see this in the in the story as well, and he opens up, uh, you know, the enclosure, and right away they all run out, and then after they run out, like, he goes in to check and make sure there's no additional ones there, so he's a superhero when it comes to animals. No doubt, and remember, we reported on a horrible situation down in Texas. I think it was between Odessa and Midland where they had this huge farm uh, for cows, remember? And there was some kind of an electrical fire, and all the cows were trapped inside of the barn, and hundreds of them were incinerated. Hundreds. Yeah, and a very, um, you know, uh, typically the story focused on the one employee who they were thankfully able to get out, but... Unfortunately, no one went back to open the gate so that they could escape, so they all perished. That was a good news story from Wisconsin. The name of the sheriff again? Andrew Crabb. Andrew Crabb. And another feel-good story. You've always been railing about the testing of animals for all kinds of cockamamie reasons, cosmetics, uh, nonsensical reasons that supposedly are going to benefit men and women but the the real heart tugger story about Vanilla the Chimp. Can you tell us how long Vanilla the Chimp was locked in a cage and why people are so happy now for Vanilla? Yeah, so um, it's been uh, 29 years that this chimp was. So initially it started off that uh, this chimp was brought to New York State and it was part of uh, lab testing that they did in New York State on primates. And they ended the program a few years into the testing that was being done and, you know, where she was kept in obviously, um, you know, like five-by-five five enclosure. All, like Then she was moved to a sanctuary 
but that was, um, you know, a garage. It was not outdoors. So the remainder of the time, she's been still indoors. So finally, she's been rescued by a sanctuary where she's outdoors, uh, you know, living among other uh, chimps. And so, I mean, yeah, this is, I mean, 29 years, the first time that she saw a son. And you see her frolicking. They've they've, uh, adopted her, so to speak. Yeah. This, this uh, flock of uh, chimpanzees who are also there in this sanctuary. And when you watch them walking around, holding one another on the shoulders, you close your eyes, you open them up, you see human beings. There's no doubt about it. They, they, they show every form of human behavior in their interpersonal reactions to one another. Yeah, I mean, and again, obviously the the great story is that they were rescued from these traumatizing situations, but, I mean, the reality is they're still traumatized beings. So, you know, like you have to handle them with care because they've seen so much, things that no living creature should see. So, you know, there's a lot more that needs to be done for them. In a little cell, what, a four-by-four-foot cell? Five-by-five. Five-by-five. For how many years? Um, for uh, well, for the first seven years, and then after that, it was in a garage setting, but not outdoors the entire time. Even in the sanctuary, it wasn't outdoor. Like it was never um, like an open sanctuary. It was like an indoor garage sanctuary. So this is the first time that you know you have like sort of that sort of element of a sanctuary. Which I mean, again, that's why it's important to have that. You know, for serial killers, uh, for terrorists, we have Florence, the supermax federal prison in Colorado. It's all underground, no natural light. So the guys, if they get assigned there, like the Unabomber just died there. He was assigned to Florence, Colorado. Never saw natural light. You understand why you have to put men or women who are out of control, who can't be trusted to be with people or animals or anyone without killing but what did this chimpanzee do to anybody to deserve spending their entire life without even being able to go outside, not even one time? And and have they described what the testing was for, what developments came out of this? I notice whenever you, you talk to people who test on animals, they never can quite explain what the results were from the testing. Yeah, I mean, again, it, the 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 type of testing that they did, you know, it's like a, a few types of uh, tests that they did, you know, including like HIV type um, uh, tests as well. But you know, it, it, the they don't really have to show, and that's sort of the problem with all of these animal testing to begin with. The goal is to get funding to do the testing because obviously, and the biggest um, testers are universities, so. They don't want to cut their budget so they continue to lobby for this type of money. Now, they should be more intelligent and, you know, more, you know, uh, intuitive in what they're trying to design instead of falling back on these sort of easy uh, protocols, which is testing on animals. Now, thankfully, that's really, you know, there's so much negativity that's happening with that, but there's still a lot of places that continue to fund these useless experiments, and that's what they are. There's, they can't really show what it's adding to the equation, but everyone's getting paid, so no one wants to call it out. Of course not. Meantime, when we come back, Nancy, I got to tell you, I felt so good in watching the video 
of Governor Murphy getting booed by dozens of people. And apparently, it turns out, because he has been so callous and indifferent to the plight of the whales and the dolphins who have been washing ashore, as many have said, because of the building of these windmills offshore, that he will not stop, he will not halt, he will not do any research. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, if you weren't with me earlier tonight, you're going to hear how Governor Murphy was booed unmercifully and correctly. And it turns out that it's because of the new deals that he has made with the windmill designers and the European country that have the contracts to put up more windmills without taking a moment to at least investigating incredible number of deaths and maimings to whales and dolphins that he is not even interested in. 1-800-848-9222. WABC. The Curtis Lewa Show presents Curtis's Ark with Nancy Sliwa. From bipeds to quadrupeds and everything in between. Now, with Nancy Sliwa, here's Curtis Lewa. Oh, Nancy, this was so good. A guy named Brian Jerk, the lead singer of Brian Jerk and the Jerks, invited Governor Murphy on stage. It was just uh, like two miles from his uh, McMansion on the Jersey Shore. And the crowd just let Governor Murphy have it. Listen to me. He didn't want to hear that. He's a buddy of mine. This is not about politics. He's a friend of mine. Do not do that, please. And a respect to my friend. Don't do that. They wouldn't even listen to the band that they were there for. They're so angry, Nancy. Because uh Governor Murphy had decided not to hear out. Any of those who wanted an investigation about the endless number of whales and dolphins that have come ashore uh, tragically and mysteriously dying. And he just signed a bill giving a massive tax break to a Danish offshore wind developer. And they're going to start constructing more windmills off of uh, Frank Morano's favorite city, Atlantic City. Uh, 13 to 15 miles off the coast. That means more whales, more dolphins will end up coming ashore dead under mysterious circumstances. And he so callously and indifferently just said, I'm not stopping. And you saw how the public reacted, Nancy. Yeah, I mean, and certainly rightfully so. Um, You know, if if he's a public official, he's in the public. I mean, you can't just buy applause for him because you host an event if they don't like him they don't like him and they're voicing their opinion and let's face it that's pretty much the only place they can say something so um you know at least they're they're getting their sort of uh, disdain out there but yeah so to, to your point yeah these um companies now they're uh trying to renegotiate a lot of these contracts and saying that we want uh cost of inflation uh, put into the contracts, and obviously that uh, additional cost would be passed on to the consumers. So it's like 
Yeah, so get ready for additional costs, even if you don't like this stuff. Yeah, and by the way, his response afterwards uh, to the crowd booing him. Knuckleheads, 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 knuckleheads. Remember, this is the same guy who, with tax dollars in Trenton, put up these huge signs all along the New Jersey Turnpike Garden State Parkway telling people that they were knuckleheads. So a double far to him. Our number is one 800 And then before we go to the phone calls, uh, in Pennsylvania, not far from where your mother lives, a uh, killer of a beloved bald eagle turned himself in. Can you explain the circumstances? Okay, so in this area, um, like outside of Pittsburgh, there's, you know, a, a population of bald eagles, and they're very much, you know, known by the community and obviously very protected. And everyone knows, oh, you, you don't touch them. So there's been this bonded pair, and, and this is how the bald eagles um, work as well. Like, they have bonded pairs, you know, they they consistently have, um, you know, every year they sort of have a whatever little nest they have. But this um, bald eagle was shot and killed. Now, you know, so everyone knows it, it was against the law. Now, once the police re- uh, released surveillance video, which was showing, you know, the car and, you know, I, I don't know if it showed the license plate, but it showed enough information where someone would know, then, you know, the person turned themselves in, oh, it's me. But what, what the, um, like the outrage is in the community is because obviously they're so protected, they're so beloved, is that the um, you know, officials are going out of their way to not release information about who this person is. They're not giving the name. They're not saying whether they charged him. They're saying, oh, someone came you know, and, and admitted they did it. But they're not you know, sort of going any steps further. And this is what's getting the community really outraged. It's like, well, why are you going out of your way to protect this person who did this act? And that's what it seems like is happening. Oh, no doubt. Let's go to the phones. It's uh, Rick in Elmwood Park. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Rick. Yeah, Curtis, uh, here's a little bit of proof for you that the sonic surveying is harming the whales. Uh, About 2014, Greenpeace made a commercial about just how harmful the sonic booms were. And the whole thing was that they were against oil, searching for oil. But now that it's for wind farms, they don't care anymore. Yeah, it's become, uh, Rick, very polarized. So if you're a Democrat and you tend to be in favor of green energy, you can't allow anything to interfere with that, vice versa. Uh, I think uh, we're in the best position, Nancy, because I believe in green energy. I want to replace the burning of fossil fuels. But I also realize uh, you don't do that to the detriment of these magnificent creatures that clearly all of a sudden are dying horrible deaths out of nowhere. And the only thing that's changed is that they've used these um, sonar devices to find space on the ocean floor to then begin to put in the dynamite charges so that they can embed the windmills so they don't tip over. It's like nothing else has changed out there. Yeah, I mean, and again, it's just so massive. It, it's so irresponsible, the um, the quick amount of time that it happened where the United States was able to open up uh, leasing this space, uh, 
and right away they signed contracts, right away. Like, no time whatsoever. So that's not a sign of any efficiency whatsoever. They just wanted to get the money right away for these contracts, and now these companies, foreign companies, are trying to renegotiate these contracts already, and they haven't even started. Yep. So, you know, yeah, you got to think about that. None of them are American. They're from Denmark. They're from Sweden. And, and they're going to control the energy. That's the, that's the goal. Yep, That's control the, the energy, the the whales are dying, the dolphins are dying. And if you see Murphy out there, he's always half in the bag, he's always smashed. Just give him grief. Like those, uh, now notice, they were there to see that band. This is the most incredible thing about this, Nancy. They were there to see Brian Jerk, the lead singer of Brian Jerk and the Jerks. Uh, they were the performers, so they liked the band. But even the band leader couldn't stop them from booing Murphy who people loathe, they hate, they despise how callous and indifferent he's been towards the whales and the dolphins. I would hope that his wife, who was with him, was humiliated. She was absolutely humiliated. Like, she, like, he, like the band would have been better off at that point saying, hey, I was forced to bring him on stage. Hey, you know, I, I don't <laughs> like him either. Let's keep going. And then they would have just played. Yeah, normally a band, you know, uh, if you're and there... Stars. Right, but if you're there to hear the band, generally, okay, all right, we got it out of us. All right, well, no, they just increased the booze, and rightfully so. Yes, yes. Anyway, let's go to Fred and Garfield. Your turn to be heard here on the Animal Welfare uh, edition of WABC, Fred. Curtis, uh, I got an idea how to get rid of all the rats. You get a steel container, say five feet high, five feet wide, 15 feet long, and you put like three feet of water in there. And then you put a top on it with bait, like maybe cheese, and a ramp, a wooden ramp going up to the top. So when the rats go up the ramp, it's a trick top. They fall through and drown. There's one problem, Fred. If uh, Frank Morano is anywhere near there with cheese, he would be going for it, and he'd probably end up falling into it. You know him with cheese. He's, like, addicted to all kinds of cheese. I can't listen to him. i got to shut him all the time. Well, well remember, oh, i got to remind you, the guy's been like a nag, a nudge. He's going to be interviewing RFK Jr. at 1 o'clock. Like, who cares? I hate every Kennedy. It was all a lie. The age of Camelot. I don't believe anything any Kennedy says. But you would think that it was JFK Nancy or Ted Kennedy or Robert Kennedy himself that he was channeling. Instead of RFK Jr., who's everyone in the world is interviewed. And by the way, there's something wrong with his voice. I know it's a, it's a problem that he's had, but I can barely listen to the guy. Uh, no comment, man. Yeah, no comment. Yeah, oh, there we go. Robert Kennedy, A.G. Camelot, you're wonderful. You're great. Oh, you're the best. Uh, I knew your father. Watch, he'll do one of these things. I knew your father. Get out of here. Let's go to John in Reno. Your turn to be heard here on the Animal Welfare Edition of WABC, John. Hello, Curtis. Yeah, John, what were you, shooting craps uh, there in Reno? No, but we have a problem here in Reno. Our garage has become infested with mice. Hmm. Uh, my roommates uh, leave food out. And the mice have a unending supply of cereals, cheeses, and things like that, and they have taken over the garage. What is the best way to solve this problem? Wow, you know, I, I only wish that uh, 
You know, Nancy, uh, your brother was living out there before in Reno. We talked to him on a regular basis. I've had guardian angels in Reno. I never heard of that, but it's not rats. It's not other rodents. What might you suggest to John in Reno? I'm going to go with the, the path of least resistance and actually putting it in a garbage and wrapping it up. Like, that would be number one. Mm. So mm. then, yeah, then after that, if that doesn't work, Maybe you want to think about, you know, adopting some cats from the shelter. Oh, by the way, breaking news here once again, ladies and gentlemen, I have to re-quantify this. Breaking news, WABC. Kevin Josh uh, showed me his cell phone. He was getting an alert like some people do in some towns they live in. And he goes, look, I can't go home tonight. And I'm figuring he's our weekend producer uh, because of flooding. You know, because the weather has been so inclement and so bad, and, and it changes by the minute. Had nothing to do with the uh, weather at all. Uh, the inclement weather, the dangerous weather, it's because Mamaranac, the town he grew up in and lives in, has declared a state of emergency right along the Long Island Sound, right next to Scarsdale and Larchmont, due to rat infestation. People cannot go onto the streets of Mamaronek at night because there are so many rats running around. And I just want to reiterate that Nancy and I of the Guardian Angel Animal Protection Division are more than happy to go and meet with the mayor of Mamaronek, their council, and the county executive, the do-nothing county executive in White Plains, George Latimer, who only lets illegal aliens in from New York City but doesn't do anything else and introduce them to the feral cat program that is being used in Chicago, which was the rat capital of the United States, where they went to every shelter in America run by cities, and they say, give us all your feral cats. Give us your feral cats, because they were having no luck whatsoever with pesticides, poisons, none of that. And they've gotten results, and we we could do the same thing. We could get all the feral cats out of the three shelters of animal care and control in New York City, because these cats will definitely be euthanized since you can't bring them indoors. And we could set up cat colonies for them, and it'll it'll do away with their rat infestation. I mean, and, and again, it, it handles both of the problems because, you know, unfortunately, the city has been tasked with caring for the, you know, the population of animals, but because they don't have a, a plan of action, all they do is euthanize them. So they need to start doing something that makes sense. And the same exact thing they're doing, trying to address the rat issue, spending millions and millions and billions of dollars, and they're spending money on the shelters, someone has to actually step in and do something logical and connect these things together and realize the same cats you're sending to the shelters to kill you can actually have out there handling this problem. Yeah, Nancy has run an incredible number of uh, feral cat colonies all throughout Sunset Park. We have one in Canarsie, uh, which is where uh, my mother and father had the home. We've turned it into a guardian angel headquarters because it's so much crime there. But that's where uh, our feral cats are. Uh, it can be done. We can show yeah, them how I mean, to do again, it. And it's taxpayer money. You're not doing a favor. You're do, you're doing it the wrong way. That's the problem. Yeah, and when it's not going to cost much money. 
This is going to save. You're already getting the money. You're just spending it the wrong way. That's the problem. And you'll be able to go out at night in Mamaronak. Uh, Kevin Joyce, you'll be able to actually go home. Take Metro North from Grand Central, they said. You, you can't. They're not stopping at Mamaronak because of all the rats that have infested the platform areas and the uh, the parking lot areas that are attached to the Metro North station. It's, it's absolutely incredible. You know, nothing's going to be done with feral cats and utilizing them until the suburbs end up with these problems. And all of a sudden, people are going to recognize, oh, you can use federal cat, uh, feral cats for this. But for anyone else, Nancy, who would like to get any more information with you or learn more about the Guardian Angel Animal Protection Division, how can they do that? Uh, well, guardianangels.org and the Animal Protection tab, or you can email me directly, nancy at guardianangels.org. And do expect to see us out in Mamaronaka. Why am I having such a problem with this? Mamaronak, along the Long Island Sound. Uh, we'll be doing a tour of that area and uh, making suggestions about natural rat mitigation using feral cats.